This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Thoman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Oh, it's back to the pH thing, and how botanicals affect it again, right? Yeah, it is. Well, I think we need to talk about it because we receive so many questions about this topic, and there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding about it. And the reality is the botanicals can influence the pH of your water under certain circumstances. Simply adding catapa or other leaves to your hard alkaline tap water will have little to no effect other than to impart some color and maybe increase your TDS a bit. You might get a tiny, tiny detectable decrease in pH uh, measurable by a digital pH meter, but that's about it. Now, where I work with, I'm starting with reverse osmosis deionized water, which we've talked about previously, with essentially no carbonate hardness and very a very flexible pH. In other words, it's malleable. Not only do botanicals influence the color of the water, but they can influence the pH under those circumstances by virtue of the acids that they can impart to the water. However, the tannins, which are the substances which help tint the water, cannot overcome the calcium and magnesium ions and drive down the pH significantly in water with high levels of these ions present. It's simply putting more materials into the water, which are often uh, detectable by TDS meters in aquariums, so remember, there's multiple factors in play and multiple goals you might have for adding leaves to your tank. If it's just about the aesthetics or having a bunch of leaves in the tank and you want clear water, use activated carbon in your filter, call it a day, you're good. If you're all about deeply tinted, low pH environments, you need to eliminate activated carbon in large quantities, employ reverse osmosis deionized water with no carbonate hardness, and likely use quite a bit more of these materials you have to experiment. There's simply no recipe out there that can give you instant Amazon conditions by adding a little of this and a little of that to your tank, despite what experts or vendors will tell you. There just isn't, period. I could talk until the cows come home about how much of this and that I use in my tank, but I, you know, I may have a combination of factors that are vastly different from the environment in your aquarium. Sure, you can get some inspiration and a general idea, but your results will vary. Every tank is different. I think it's more about understanding the general practices involved and their impact versus simply learning how many of whatever to add. Until we as a hobby uh, community back off from looking for some specific recipe on how to achieve X water parameters without exception and look at each aquarium as a sort of one-off situation requiring a custom solution, confusion and misinformation will continue to proliferate. Sure, I can give you my black water recipe, but it's just that. My black water recipe works for me. Uh, in one of my recent display tanks, I used a mix of mangrove leaves and live oak leaves with a bunch of mangrove bark and oak twigs that gave me a nice color. And uh, I also had a pH of around 6.5 and undetectable carbonate, harden, uh, carbonate hardness, and the TDS was like 6, which was kind of cool with all that stuff in there. But that's me. I like it, and my fishes like it. My tank runs in a manner that works for me and my fishes. It's not trying to replicate a 4.8 pH Amazonian stream or whatever. It's about creating a managing environment which I can easily and effectively maintain. Oh, 
And the, I, the idea of utilizing chemical filtration in blackwater tanks, I've already touched on the issue of chemical filtration and its impact of removing the, you know, the tint and the tannins associated with leaves and botanicals a number of times in the tint over the years. Yes, it's entirely possible to minimize or render the pH lowering and water tinting you know, capability of tannins released by leaves with activated carbon, purigen, or other you know, chemical filtration media. Tannins are rather weak acids, yet they can lower the pH of the water when there's less buffer in the system, i.e. lower general hardness. Just how much tannins can lower pH in a given system depends upon how much buffering capacity the water has. With harder water, i.e. water with a greater buffering capacity, you can have the tinted water look from leaves and wood without pH reducing effects, particularly if the acids are absorbed by the aforementioned chemical filtration media. So in other words, you can have the aesthetics of black water while running your aquarium at a higher pH if the hardness is sufficient. Once you remove tannins in a lower hardness system, your pH should rise too since you're removing the acids. Make sense? I know, head spinning time, right? Bottom line is this, you can use chemical filtration in tinted tanks. However, depending upon the amount of media, the quality of the tannin producing items, i.e. leaves and botanicals, etc., and the capacity of the aquarium, the impact will be variable. I run chemical filtration media, you know, pure gen and activated carbon in my tanks, and I still have a nice tint and the pH is relatively stable as mentioned above. It's a fine line between too much and too little, and you'll simply have to experiment to find out what works best for you. Nuance and testing guide you. I know that could be kind of annoying, but it is what it is, right? And never let yourself be fooled. It's a fact. Botanicals and leaves will not soften your water. I have no idea how this gets out there and where this comes from. I think it's perhaps the most misunderstood thing of all about botanicals in our aquariums. And I suppose it's easy to see how this one got started and tends to hang around a bit. Yeah, redundancy, right? <laughs> but botanical materials contain tannins and humic substances, which can drive the pH down in water with little to no carbon and hardness. And of course, the tinted soft acidic water in many habitats is often, you know, has an abundance of leaves and botanicals present. And I think that this gave a lot of hobbyists the impression that if you could simply add some of these materials into your tap water and you're creating Rio Negro conditions, like many are convinced that the look and color are indicative of the chemical composition of the water. A misleading and erroneous assumption as we've discussed repeatedly here. Remember, this can only be accomplished in the aquarium by utilizing source water which has been treated via reverse osmosis or ion exchange, the process in which calcium and magnesium ions are exchanged for sodium or potassium ions. We talked about this a couple days ago here in the, in the tin. Reverse osmosis is a water treatment process which relies on a membrane which has pores just large enough to admit water molecules, yet hardness ions like Calcium and magnesium remain behind and are flushed away by excess water. The resulting product water is thus called soft water, free of hardness ions without any other ions being added. So do you want to easily create soft acidic water? Get an RO and DI unit and be done with it. I know they're expensive. It's just a good investment if you're going to be serious about manipulating your water quality. I attribute my aquarium's relatively stable, soft, mildly acidic conditions to the use of RODI to pretreat my tap water. And again, they're a little pricey, but they're an essential piece of aquarium equipment and a very wise long-term investment for the serious natural aquarium hobbyists. Yeah, this piece may simply make your head spin or maybe it's contributing more to the confusion, but I just want to just get a little statement out there just again, because I see such a proliferation of misinformation out there on social media or people not doing their homework and just making these assumptions about these tanks or other people criticizing others saying, you don't have a, a blackwater aquarium because blah, 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 or this or that. We need to be a little more um, precise in what we're doing and a little more precise in the work. 
the aim of this podcast and the blog that accompanied it a while back was just to help clear up a few assumptions about creating the types of water conditions in our aquariums which replicate on some level some of those from the natural habitats from which our favorite fishes come from maybe to get you looking at more of the facts and science behind this stuff rather than simply searching for a product or a recipe on how to do things because there just really isn't one and i hope we've helped just a bit and if nothing else just to stimulate you to try your own experiments to push out a little bit and read up on basic the basics of water chemistry it's actually not that hard and it's it's a little bit intimidating at first but if you really do a little bit of reading and there's some good hobby level writing out there by a number of really good authors i would definitely think that you could get a pretty good understanding that'll really help you get out of the assumption mode and get more into the practice mode of enjoying um, the benefits of of doing these things so get at it stay curious stay studious stay open minded stay resourceful stay diligent and always stay wet until next time this is Scott Bellman from Tannin Aquatics thanks for spending part of your day with me i look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the tent